Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Well, good morning to you folks on this Monday, the 16th of March, 2020, in a world which is certainly different to the one it was a month ago, or even a week ago, or even a day ago. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope you are doing the right thing, so to speak. Doing the best that you can do to keep yourself healthy and safe and protected. Preventing uh, infection and the spread of anything that might be out there. It's not an easy time, that's for sure. Panic is not going to help. Fear is not going to help, but judicious and discerning action certainly will. There's plenty of information out there regarding uh, the coronavirus and all attended necessities. As you would know, the Australian government has now made it compulsory that all people coming into the country, whether they're Australian citizens or not, will have to go into self-isolation for two weeks. That's uh, affecting many people and probably many people that you know, certainly people that I know. in the background there that's Dirt Music and Gorkum Sen and before that actually a piece from Gorkum Sen himself with this bizarre instrument uh, that I that I found um, in a track called Yebaha there's no point uh, trying to be light about things when things are increasingly getting a little dark but still light shines love shines and that is the truth in my opinion at least and we will certainly see our way through this. I was in the IGA yesterday doing some shopping and uh, it was very crowded and uh, the, uh, the obvious uh, toilet paper shelves were empty. But there were also some other shelves sort of starting to uh, get pretty, uh, pretty vacant, especially hand sanitizers and the, the obvious things. But it certainly brings forth in this very first world, very wealthy country that we are, the vulnerability that we do share with many other countries in many other ways and while we are certainly better off than many other countries being an isolated island for one we are certainly not immune from the vagaries and the the, uh, distortions of human activity politics culture society and disease and all the other things that uh, mean that really we are on one planet together we really are on this Gaia planet together and that these kind of crises that we're now facing with the coronavirus, whatever it is, wherever it came from and wherever it is going and whatever the agendas might be, because there may be those agendas out there somewhere. But the truth is that there is a serious issue that we have to face and we have to be sensible about that. 
now. As you know, my co-host Steve McDonald is overseas at the moment. In fact, at the moment, as we speak, he's at Dulles International Airport in Washington, D.C. And I'm hoping to talk to him in about 10 or 15 minutes briefly about the state of play in the U.S. He's actually trying to make plans, uh, change his plans, because he's been stopped to, for, from going into Europe uh, via Denmark to Berlin, I think, um, and is going to have to uh, make other plans, possibly to go to Iceland, Reykjavik. Now, I've got a few pieces to share with you a little bit about the coronavirus a little later on, but we'll see how we go with that. We do also have our, we, as you notice, we didn't have a morning news bulletin today for a few reasons, but uh, certainly BFM here as a community service, as an essential service in Byron Shire and broadcasts uh, via the internet around the world, if you're listening somewhere out there, hello. Um, but we are looking uh, at the strategies that we need to put in place, and some of them are already here in terms of disinfecting things and uh, minimising traffic into the station and the like. Certainly if you are planning to come to the station and you have any symptoms of anything, it would be really good if you didn't come in now, and the same, of course, anywhere that you go. So we're looking to, um, to bring uh, the best practice that we can in a situation which we really have no... Uh, none of us have really any experience of this kind of... Uh, this kind of uh, crisis that we're now in. Now, Mia Armitage from the newsroom, though, from the community newsroom, has interviewed this morning Dr. Dan Ewald, a Lennox head GP and adjunct professor and primary advisor to North Coast Health District, uh, and he's a clinical advisor for the North Coast Primary Health Network. So we will, I think that's what she's saying here, a quick text. So we will, uh, we will hopefully be playing that at some point in the show today. We'll see when she gets that uh, finished and edited and back and loaded up here so that I can access it. So we will be doing that um, at some point, getting a local perspective from a GP who's uh, in the health network um, solidly there. I uh, also have a piece uh, sent by, um, by my co-host Steve, Steve McDonald, uh, from the Arlington Institute in West Virginia. Um, and an interview with John L. Peterson. John L. Peterson is a pretty remarkable chap, considered by many to be one of the most informed futurists in the world, and he's best known for writing and thinking about high-impact surprises, wild cards. Well, we're in one right now, and the process of surprise anticipation. But we, uh, we are going to be listening to him talking more about the, the larger perspective of transformation that we talk about a lot on this show and his perspective currently uh, from over there in the US recorded just a couple of days ago. And that comes in a few parts and we'll be playing that um, a little bit later in the show, probably from about 9.40 or so, 9.45 onwards this morning and a little bit later that report from Mia Armitage from the community newsroom, something like that. We're flying by the seat of our pants in a good way here and uh, fortunately Bay FM is flexible, we are adaptable and uh, really that's the thing uh, can you be adaptable, can you change your lifestyle now when it is clearly absolutely necessary that uh, to some degree or other we do uh, and uh, f as of today probably you are aware that uh, events like the Blues Fest, very likely that that won't be going on, I don't think there's been an official announcement but it's certainly true that Brad Hazard, the uh, New South Wales Health Minister has said now that employing certain powers that um, uh, events over 500 people will literally be banned at, at the risk of fairly significant fines. So we shall see what happens there. Sad news indeed for many, many people who work here and who depend on things like the Blues Festival 
not to mention the patrons and not to mention, of course, the artists. So that's a complex thing. I'm not saying that it is cancelled. I'm just saying that's probably, and you would know that, it's the likely outcome of this uh, of this es- escalating situation that we now find ourselves in. Let's play some music and we will come back and see what is next. Stay tuned here. You're tuned to Future Sense. Nick Jeans in the chair till 11 o'clock this morning here on Bay FM. Hopefully we are going to be broadcasting right through all of this, whatever happens, whatever happens here in this country, in this region. We're going to be here on air as best we can and providing as much information as we can for you. Thanks for joining me here and staying with Bay FM, your local one and only radio station. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate and spiral up. Yeah, you're tuned to Bay FM. You're tuned to Future Sense here with Nick Jeans by himself in the chair this morning. But in a very short time, I'm going to be talking to my co-host Steve McDonald from Dulles International Airport in Washington DC in the US of A. He's looking to fly out of the US today and we're going to be catching up with him and some of the things he's seen, heard and felt there in the Future Sense way. So stay tuned for maybe a bit of edgy stuff there. Uh, But yeah, stay tuned. Uh, After that, I'll be talking uh, to, well, I won't be talking, I'll be playing to you uh, a piece uh, on... um, uh, John L. Peterson, who Steve has been interviewing over there at the Arlington Institute. Check it out, A-R-L-I-N-G-T-O-N, the Arlington Institute in uh, West Virginia. It's a place, uh, well, we'll talk about it further. I'll come back to that. It's a not-for-profit, future-oriented research institute. Very interesting man indeed with a very long and complicated history. So we'll be talking to him. Uh, well, we'll be talking to him, Steve and Mitch, in fact, uh, talking to him. So we're, uh, we're doing the best we can here to stay sane and normal in the face of whatever is happening out there with the coronavirus and all the, uh, the attendant changes that are happening and must happen and that you are involved in in your own personal life right now, I imagine. Um, you are tuned to Future Sense. It's 9.25 here in Byron Shire on the east coast of Australia. And, of course, broadcasting right throughout the world via bayfm.org. And if you're listening to the podcast through futuresense.it, then hello to you wherever you are listening from. And, indeed, on the phone from Dulles International Airport in Washington, D.C., in the, uh, in the midst, uh, well, let's see, if, let's see how much chaos there is. We have uh, my co-host, Steve McDonald, who is there. Good morning, Steve, or good afternoon, Steve, to you. How are you doing? Hello, Nick. I'm doing pretty well considering what's going on. <laughs> well, what is going on? Because you're you're kind of stuck. You were to fly to Europe today, but you're trying to change that at the moment because uh, going to Europe is well, it's maybe not the best option. Not so easy anyway. That's right. Yeah. Um, one of my flights, I had a, a few connecting flights that I was hoping to get me to Germany, but one of them's been cancelled overnight, and uh, that's disrupted the whole trip. So I'm just trying to get some flight changes done here at the moment, but. The airlines are absolutely overwhelmed, as you might imagine. Yeah. Uh, and the, the line that I've been, the ticketing line that I've been calling, I've just got a recording saying, we're sorry, we can't take any calls. Uh, as simple as that. And the, the people at the desk at the airport here can't change tickets, they say. So um, I've, at the moment, I've got uh, I've got one of our staff from Australia calling the UK line, trying to get through there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. Uh, how are you feeling? How does it feel in the US? I mean, obviously, uh, you've been away for a couple of weeks now here, and things have certainly ramped up in Australia, one way or the yeah. other, uh, inevitably. Um, and certainly, it would seem the US. Well, the criticism is the US has been a bit behind the eight ball in responding. Uh, Trump has been certainly criticised heavily for his responses. Generally, what's the feeling like though in the places that you've been so far in the US? 
it's been okay. I went to Austin, Texas first, and, it, and everything was very normal there. Mm. Um, I, I've heard just today uh, from friends there that things are starting to get a little bit silly in the <laughs> supermarkets there. Yes. And uh, then the last few days, I've been up hiding in the hills in West Virginia at, at Berkeley Springs with John Peterson at the Arlington Institute. Yeah. So. It's been pretty fine up there, although he did have to go looking for toilet paper in about three different stores before he found some. Right, okay. <laughs> so, um, so we've still got you know similar things happening mm. uh, over here as well. Mm. What's, yeah. a, what's a general sense uh, in the media, though? Is, there, is there, uh, I mean, we're going to be talking a little bit about panic and fear, anyway, as we yeah. usually do on this show. So, what's the, what's the what's the what's the temperature of the, that whole thing going on there? Look, as you probably know, I really look at the mainstream media. <laughs> yes. but, uh, sitting in the airport here, sitting at a bar in the airport here, they they had uh, you know one of the sort of continual news channels going, and it was mm. just continual coronavirus. And every topic that they had, it was this in relation to the coronavirus, and how is the coronavirus affecting that? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's getting pretty hectic in the mm. media. But uh, that's it's been like that all along. You know, they seem to be uh, playing it up as far as I, I can gather and uh, so Mitch uh, and I were at the Arlington Institute to do some yes. shoot some interviews for our documentary with John Peterson and that went really really well yes well I've already told the listeners that I'll be playing some of that or a fairly large part of that uh, after this interview and through most of the show today uh, just a bit of a background uh, about the Arlington Institute I'll just read from their website in fact which is folks is arlingtoninstitute.org and, and you mentioned John Peterson who's the founder of the Arlington Institute in 1989, 1989 a non-profit future oriented research institute the purpose of which is to work with the leadership of the national security community originally to change the idea of national security, which is an interesting thing, from death and destruction to a broader understanding of security that included environmental degradation, climate change, social value shifts, science and technology breakthroughs and other global issues that clearly contributed to our security. And John is considered by many to be one of the most informed futurists in the world. So you've just spent some time with him and we'll be playing that interview. But uh, what can you tell us his take on, um, on the coronavirus? Well, uh, John is on the same page as me in that he thinks it's been overblown right from the beginning and a lot of the response doesn't make sense mm. when you look at the, the facts and figures. And uh, and that's certainly still the case. I saw on a TV screen just a, a short while ago that there were 62 confirmed deaths in the U US now uh, and yet the country... Oh, I think we lost you. Oh, that's the problem with these things. Huh? Signal reconnecting. Uh, we'll see if we get him back in a moment or not. Yeah, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Uh, you dropped out just before you... Oh, there you go. He's back in. He's back here. Uh, let's keep talking. Uh, you dropped out just as you were beginning to talk about being on the same page as uh, John Peterson from the Arlington Institute regarding the coronavirus. You just said that and then you disappeared. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, both John and I feel that the virus came out of the lab at Wuhan. Um, mm. And I must say that all of this is really uncertain. Like no one, certainly neither John nor I pretend to know what's actually going on here. We're yeah. just trying to piece together bits of information to, to get a picture of, you know, what the most likely scenario is that's unfolding. Yes. <clears throat> um, so we both, we both lean towards the virus coming from the lab at Wuhan. Uh, I know that the Canadian lab at Winnipeg was uh, helping Wuhan upgrade its security measures. So 
Uh, you know, that may point to the fact that they were had, they were a bit lo- loose with their viruses, perhaps, <laughs> uh, which you know, which might explain things. Mm. Um, and then, of course, we had uh, you know the, the other strange issues that we've mentioned on the show previously of the Chinese nationals who were working in Winnipeg and travelling backwards and forwards to Wuhan, mm. apparently yes. being accused of stealing viruses. Uh, a former head of the lab at Winnipeg. Uh, died unexpectedly recently um, and again you know these things might not be connected but um, you've got to throw them in the pot to kind of help understand what's going on Yeah. Um, and as the international response has been rolling out I mean I, I've having spent 15 years in the military I've done a lot of yeah. uh, exercises what people you know in the general public would call war Games, I guess, and you get used to the way that they work. You know, there's someone with a script, a schedule of activities, and things kind of go quiet for a while, and then something will happen, and then you know, the next item on the schedule will come up two hours later, and something will happen again. And I'm just kind of seeing that sort of pattern in what's mm. going on around the world at the moment. It's almost like somebody is reading from a schedule, uh, and you know, playing to a script, and that it's it's being planned and it's being rolled out uh, rather than being a, a in the moment kind of reaction, if you know what I mean. So if that's the case, what do you think, what do you postulate uh, would, is the agenda behind that? Obviously, it's a political agenda of some sort. Yeah, uh, it, it seems that way. Both John and I, again, lean that way but without any real evidence, of course. Mm. And um, one of the possibilities is if you think about the way that global politics has been going, we're, we're seeing the fragmentation of political parties. Um, so... What that means is that, you know, the system is starting to break down. And Mm. I think the U.S. is a really good showcase when you look at what's going on between the Democrats and the Republicans here and how how nasty it's got and how they've tried every trick in the book, you know, to manipulate the system, to impeach Trump, uh, whatever they can do. Uh, And it's it's possible that um, they are taking advantage of this virus outbreak to to push those agendas you know i think it's mm. probably likely actually mm. they, you know wh- whether they planned it from the start we don't know but certainly if it just was an accidental release from the, the lab and uh you know they watched what was going on and, and then thought okay maybe we can take advantage of this by just overemphasizing it a little bit and making people do exactly as we want them to do so that we can get away with a few more things uh you know while, while everybody's panicking about the virus that that's possible and when I sort of ran that idea past uh, John Peterson, he said that there was a one of he's been sort of contacting all of all people from all sorts of different places and all his sources, and he said the most exciting conspiracy theory <laughs> that uh, that he came across pretty much ran along those lines. You know that uh, this was an opportunity to sort of score, settle some scores. Mm. I mean, whether the virus came from a lab or not, the possibility that it's been used, manipulated or distorted in response in some way or other by some people in various com- countries is, you know, uh, not a big stretch of the imagination in the current state of affairs on the planet. Uh, no, I, I think it's to be expected. And even just looking at the, the economic implications, which are enormous, mm, you know, most absolutely. people wouldn't re- realise because it's, it's not just the economic situations that are implications today, but also the, the downstream implications, you know, as these issues mount up. Well, um, in, we're in, looking at... Yeah, just going to say in Australia, in Australia, just quickly on that, in Australia today they've just said that uh, some uh, government officials have said it could take 10 years for the Australian economy to recover from the coronavirus uh, economic impact, 10 years. 
Yeah. Um, one of the things that came up in conversation here was the possibility of a, a total economic reset globally. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it could be an opportunity for that. I mean, it could be an opportunity for the forgiveness of debt and, and yeah. even the, the repositioning of the whole economic system somehow, um, you know, maybe going back to pegging it to gold or yeah. I, I think it's probably a little too early for cryptocurrency to take over at this stage. I think it needs some more time to, to mature. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, go on. Yeah, but it's certainly, certainly a very, very interesting situation. I think there's an awful lot to learn from this and mm. it'll be interesting to watch it continue to unfold and just see uh, where it goes. I mean, China, from what I hear, they seem to be on the back end of their issue now. And uh, I saw Apple in the last day or so announced that they were shutting down stores around the world, except for in China, where they're reopening stores. Yes. Yeah, well, I guess that makes sense being the first place uh, that it appeared, and yet it does, with a population the size of China, it's quite remarkable that they have seemingly contained it to the degree that they have, and uh, as you said, possibly on the back end of it. That's uh, that's interesting, sort yeah. of counterintuitive, given everything else that's going on in the world elsewhere. Yeah, well, there's been quite a few counterintuitive mm. uh, activities around this whole thing, which yeah. is why both John and I are a little suspicious mm. now. Yeah, indeed. Well, Steve, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you go and leave it there. The, the line's a bit shaky. It comes in and out a little bit. So um, let's uh, let us let you go and see if you can get on a flight to somewhere out there in the world. And, yeah, all right, Nick. I'll, and catch I'll get you back up. to you. I'll let you know. Yeah. And, uh, I'll as, get back to you. Go on. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, I'll get, I'll get back to you and let you know where I end up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be good. Thanks, Steve. Okay, well, travel well, Matt, and uh, look after yourself out there. Thanks, Nick. Cheers. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for your couple of texts that have come in. Yes, I appreciate, uh, and especially from some experts, and we do have some experts here in the station, in fact, uh, that uh, it's, it's like, you know, the virus is saying the virus does not come from a lab. Uh, all I would say to that is we don't absolutely know anything. What we do know is there's a virus out there, irrespective of where it comes from. Uh, we have a, a major situation on the planet, as, as we're all talking about. And uh, I think, you know, my personal view, while I don't have a lot of fear or anxiety myself, even though I'm in the demographic, which is particularly uh, vulnerable to uh, to this virus uh, I would say that we're still even in this region of supposedly quite conscious people I don't think we're really doing all we could do to um, to minimize um, the possibility of it spreading prevention is uh, better than cure of course and um, the various things you can do to help prevent and to minimize that uh, exchange and the social contact uh, are many and they're out there so uh, take note and do it anyway because I think it's very easy for us in this region to think oh no we're okay because we're, we're this that or the other somehow um, we're vaguely immune from things well we're not of course and uh, no one is in this kind of situation so no matter what you think about the virus uh, etc whatever you might think about uh, any kind of conspiracy theories or other theories about uh, how it is what it is where it's coming from what it's doing and what it may be being used for all of which i think are valid enough questions but that does not should not will not cannot stop all of us from doing exactly what is necessary to minimize the spread of this virus yeah You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.